Welcome to another mathematical moment from the American Mathematical Society. I'm Leila Sulman, and I'm talking with Dr. Imelda Flores-Vasquez, a senior economist at Econometrica. In her work, Dr. Flores-Vasquez tackles questions in health policy, and that's what we'll be talking about today. Dr. Flores-Vasquez, thank you for being here. Um, to start with, um, I'd like if I'd like you to give us a little bit of an introduction to what it is that you do. So maybe you can just tell us what's a day in the life like as an economist and health policy re researcher. The goal of what I do is to measure interventions or changes in health policy and to see if they are working. So um, that has a lot of um, angles to it. I do most of the quantitative angle, but there is also a qualitative angle. And there are researchers that are psychologists, anthropologists, et cetera, that do that part. And I, so I work with them. And so what I do is I usually have one or two projects, which are um, you know, changes in health policy, new initiatives, um, ideas that people have for new laws. And then I study them to see if they are working or if they are going to work, if they are something that's going to happen in the future. Um, I use data. I, I try to find what we call natural experiments to see if, the, if these interventions are working. Um, so I use a lot of data. I program in the computer. I use statistics. I analyze um, the data. And then I also have RAs that work for me, and they help me do research you know, if I don't understand the policy very well and I want to understand more about a policy, but also who this policy is affecting, um, I send them to do some research. I also talk to doctors, clinicians, you know, doctors, nurses, social workers uh, to understand if it's a law related to one specific disease, for example, Alzheimer's disease. I am not a doctor. I'm not an Alzheimer's disease e expert. So I go to clinicians and I talk to them and I tell them, um, I'm studying this law, this change in the law. How do you think it's going to affect patients, clinicians, the way you prescribe, etc." So it's, it's, I think it's my favorite part is talking to all these diverse groups of people. And then I bring the math to it. I bring the quantitative part to it. That sounds like such an interesting job. So I'm curious if you could say more about um, like how you use math in your research. And also, like you say, you work with um, all of these qualitative researchers. So how, um, I guess, how does math support their work and what's the interaction between that those different kinds of uh, research like? So specifically, when you want to see if some program is working, um, the program is, you know, is on their way and you want to know if it's working. You have to define what working is. Sometimes the person that asks the question, the government, the legislators, um, even the president can ask, you know, is this working? And by working, I mean, is this helping people stay out of the hospital? Is this saving money for the government? Is this keeping babies healthy? So they define what working is. Sometimes I define what working is. And that, I start using math from there. You know, I have to use math to define what working is. And I, I use math or math modeling to say, this is the kind of outcome that I can measure. And there are things that unfortunately you cannot measure like uh, happiness. Are these, is this program making people happy? 
ah, that's a little difficult, but I have data and I can tell you that it's keeping people out of the hospital, for example. And so from there, I consider that mathematical modeling already. And then to, to see if the, if the program is working, you usually have to find a good, what we call control group, which is a group that is not affected by the program so that you can compare that group to the group that is affected or, or under, the, under the program. So that's another part that is modeling. I have to make sure that I choose the right control group. That is where I talk to a lot of clinicians and psychologists and, and people in the field also, people who are staff from the program. And they would tell me, you know, yes, it's true. I have my hypothesis always. Oh, this group of people are, are a good control. So um, all of these um, different uh, people from different fields would, would talk to me and say, yes, you're right. This is a good control group for this and that reason. And then after I have found my control group, I use statistics to do the to do the measurements to see if there really is a difference between the control and the program that is under the intervention, and to to make sure that it, that that difference is because of the program and not random. That's exactly what I use statistics. The statistics is gonna tell me maybe I find a difference, but the difference is one person stay out of the hospital. And you think, is that really a difference or is that random? And statistics can tell you, even when the difference is very small, statistics can tell you um, this difference is actually meaningful. There is a difference there, even if it's small. And then sometimes the difference seems a little bigger, but then statistics says, ah, even though the difference is bigger, it seems like random. So maybe the program is not doing anything. Yeah, and you said, too, that sometimes you'll study programs that haven't been implemented yet to predict if they're going to work. So how does that work? That requires less, um, you know, I don't find a control group because there isn't a control group yet. Uh, but sometimes you, you simulate in the computer. That's one way to do it. Um, you, you also use research from other researchers that have studied similar things in similar populations. And then from there, you use your own model to, to say, you know, you combine two models and say, if they found that 50% of the population is affected and they found that it's 25, and I have this combination of the population, then I'm gonna find, I predict I'm gonna find this range of, of outcomes. Um, and then, like I said, the other is, if, if really you have no one that has studied something similar to this before, not even in another country, then you can do simulations. And then here you also talk to clinicians, uh, psychologists, other people to see if your assumptions are true, because you have to make a lot of assumptions about how people are going to react to the program. Everyone in the program, if the program, like I said, if the program is um, this is one of my favorites. I once studied giving um, donated maternal milk to very premature infants uh, to, to, to help them be healthy while they are in the hospital. And so if you study something like that, you not only study the infants, you study the clinicians. How are they going to treat them? You study the mothers. How are they going to react to this? And then you make a prediction using the using simulations that you um, that you build in the computer. Um, are there other projects that you've done that um, 
you know, stand out in your mind as, you know, something that you were particularly excited to work on? Yes, like I said, um, my favorite of all time is studying what would happen if we gave um, donated maternal milk to very premature infants. That has been my favorite. Uh, we did find that it would be costly for the state, it was for the state of Texas, that it would be costly. The cost wouldn't be that high, but the, 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 I would say that the suffering um, that we would avoid uh, from those little babies from using this uh, donated maternal milk was enormous. And so that was one of my favorites. And, and now Texas provides donated maternal milk to very premature infants. I guess that's my favorite. Another one that is interesting is I used to work for a hospital that would provide um, what they call um, care coordinators and health coaches to people. And especially the care coordinators would help people a lot with things that didn't have anything to do with health. Like, um, are you homeless? How can I help you with that? Uh, are you in a domestic violence situation? Um, are you not taking your medication because you don't have a way to get to the pharmacy to get the medication? Can I drive you to the pharmacy? They would do amazing things for the, for the patients. Um, and so my, my job was to study, is this working? Is this really helping the patients? So that's another favorite one. And what did you find? Yes, of course, they were helping the patients a lot. Uh, and they were even saving money for the, it was uh, an employer that was providing this service. They were even saving money for who, for the person that was, for not for the person, the organization that was paying for these uh, care coordinators to, to do the work. Not a lot of money, but they were sa even saving money for them. How often um, does it happen that your research has a tangible effect on policy? Very often, this is one of my favorite things about my, my job. Um, I like the fact that I work very closely. So right now I'm a government contractor, so I work very closely with the government or that I work with the government. But in the past, I worked with hospitals too. And, and so they they listen because they um, they are interested in what the data has to say and what the studies have to say. So... Um, Maybe it's less, a, bit, a little bit less common now that I work with the federal government because it's a bigger organization. Uh, and so it's easier to, um, it's easier to, it's more difficult to, to make change when an organization is bigger. But I would say more than, basically, easily more than half of the studies I've done have, um, have had an impact in, the, in, the, in, you know, they change the program, they redesign the program, or the program is able to keep going because I showed that the program has value, for example. And that's also, I mean, that's also very important. 